Hello, everyone. This is Raise Your Voice as part of the D-Raise Bay Podcast Network. I am your host, Brett Rutherford, and I am joined today, uh, right now, just by Darby Robinson, expecting Danny Russell to call in here uh, any second now. But Darby, trade deadline day. Last time you were on, uh, we were recording live during a close Rays Red Sox game in which our uh, the listeners got to hear us live in the moment. You're going to be listening to this after the trade deadline. But we are 21 minutes away right now from the trade deadline, recording live. Any deals that break in these last 20 minutes, uh, you're going to get to hear our, our fresh reaction to them. So, so Darby, nothing for the Rays today yet. What's your gut feeling now with 20 minutes to go, given everything else that's happened? Usually, uh, for usually for the Rays, it's a it's a wall scraper every deadline, right? Like they they are the last minutes, the last five minutes. So the next 15, we may not hear anything, and then or the last 10, we won't hear anything. It's to go. We'll hear Top can like post something very like vague, and then five <laughs> minutes to go, there'll be some trade. And then we'll all have to Google, like, who is this guy? Oh, he's got a funky slider? Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's usually the Rays' MO. Is, so it always kind of keeps you on your toes. Um, I don't know if they're going to – I don't know how big. There's been some – they've been tied to some big rumors. Obviously, Joey Gallo's name has been floated around. Ken Rosenthal is just, like, pumping Gallo and the Rays' interest a lot. Um, Any chance he gets on TV, he's been on MLB Network all day. And he's he like, is. well, Gallo could get moved. And then Greg Amsinger's like, what about the Rays? They could get him. And Rosenthal's like, yeah, sure. So <laughs> uh, th- there's a lot of smoke there, at least from those two guys on TV. Yeah, and it's always – when those things happen, you always wonder, is it – it's usually not the Rays pumping the smoke. It's usually somebody else. So in this case, is it John Daniels trying to say, like, there's a lot of interest. But the Rays have also been tied to Gallo for many years now. Like, they, they have clearly – he is a Rays – player he is definitely a raised yeah, type player for sure um so there could be something there i don't know it's a high price tag it doesn't fit naturally because the rays have a ton of outfielders and in fact one of the trades they did before the deadline was to get another outfielder with uh yeah, with brett phillips we, not, we gotta talk not, about that move not d Bay's <laughs> own brett phillips but uh, when when that tweet or when that uh, Slack message came across my phone, the Rays acquired Brett Phillips. My first thought was, what? <laughs> Brett Phillips? He was just on the podcast the other day. He's getting the call up. He's getting the call up to the big boys. He's getting the, he's really, getting the big Twitter. <laughs> I really wanted to have him on today just so I could show that Brett Phillips was a guest on my show and thinking that Rays fans would click on it more and get the downloads, but... He'll be on soon enough, and uh, who knows? Maybe we'll get the not the real Brett Phillips, but the baseball playing <laughs> Brett Phillips on the show one day too. But l- let's talk about that move. Um, which right now, uh, the, in terms of acquisitions, the biggest move the Rays have made to this point. Uh, again, it's probably going to be our luck that they make a deal uh, or a deal gets announced after we're done recording. But let's talk about the Brett Phillips deal. He is an outfielder, very good defensively. The bat has not really come to fruition at the big league level but no options left so apparently a guy the Rays have been going after for a while a guy the Rays have liked uh, and usually when they have these players who aren't superstars that they really like they find ways to get one way or another they bring him in but the I mean the biggest part of this trade is the fact that he has no options so they can't store him at the alternate site uh, he right now he's he's been added to the 40 man they're going to get him on the active roster as soon as he goes through all the COVID protocols but, I mean, it's a bit weird to bring in a guy like this when you already have a bunch of outfield depth and bringing in a guy that has no options. Yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's a very odd move overall. So, for those that didn't see, it was Lucius Fox, who was one of the pieces of the Matt Moore trade a number of years ago, a shortstop from the Bahamas, who... Uh, Still, still a pretty decent prospect, um, but, you know, the Rays are rich in middle infielders, so he kind of got passed <laughs> yeah. by a lot of guys. Uh, not so much his fault, but the bat for Fox is not fully developed to where you'd want it to be. Uh, but great speed, uh, pretty solid defense from all, all the scouting that we've heard. Um, so neat, a neat spot for KC to go get him. Uh, Phillips, guy that's sort of bounced around a little bit, has had really top prospect 
uh, pedigree. He was a top 100 guy for a number of years, Milwaukee with KC. And he's flashed some of that, uh, that real big talent. He's an amazing, like really truly a stellar uh, center field defender. Um, one of the best in baseball. In fact, there's a lot of Kevin Kiermeyer comps there in terms of it's a lefty bat, struggles against left-handed pitching, but amazing speed, route running, and arm combination in center field defense. So it's not just a guy that can track down a ball. It's not just a guy that can, that can lay out, make an amazing diving play. He's also a guy that can absolutely gun down runners from deep center to, to home. So great defensive player. Totally, totally uh, fits what the Rays want. They love really, really talented defensive outfielders. However, it is a strange choice in terms of the roster makeup. There's uh, Mar Manny Margot is already on the, the roster, right-handed, obviously, so kind of a good platoon partner for Kiermaier in general. Or you can run them both out and have really good defensive outfield. Austin Meadows is there. So you're either he's going to be in left field or at DH. You still got Hunter Renfro under control for a number of years. Uh, also good defensively. You have a Randy Arozarena who just got called up uh, with the, the Jose Martinez trade. It's a very, it's a very crowded out and Yoshi Sutsugo who's also in the outfield. So very crowded. Uh, it's, not obvious where he fits. There's no obvious counter move, um, but potentially in the next, you know, 15 minutes that will become clear. Um, but if there is no trade, I actually, I'm very curious to see how it all fits onto the roster. Manny Margot has an option, but he's been really swinging a hot bat. So you don't really think he's going to go down. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. Kevin Cash will have some really interesting choices. <laughs> It's it's what's led us to believe that there could be a big deal uh, coming here in these last few minutes. And again, very envious of our listeners who already know what happened and are listening the day after. Um, but you, you, you've seen the Rays do it over the last few years uh, with their middle infield prospects. Almost like they kind of worked themselves into a logjam on the roster uh, from from the type of players that they've acquired. This year it felt like that. In the outfield, you've got Kiermaier, Margot, and Phillips, which are all center field quality outfielders. Um, none of them have amazing bats. Margot's hitting the best um, out of the three of them this season, uh, and, and he has options left. But like you said, you don't really want to see him, him get sent down, and he is the right-handed hitter, so he does offer some platoon there. You're not, you know, Kevin Kiermaier's, you know, he's going to be on a big league roster, whether it's with the Rays or potentially a move elsewhere. Um, and, and Phillips has no options. So the fact that they went out and got him indicates that they really, really like the guy. Now, Rosarania could get you know sent back down. He is hitting leadoff tonight as the designated hitter against Garrett Cole, his first start with the team. The lineup was just dropped. But would it shock you to see Hunter Renfro moved if the Rays were to trade a, a major league outfielder here in the last 13 minutes now before the deadline? Uh, it wouldn't shock me. I think it's... Renfro, the, the big trade for Renfro and Xavier Edwards, Fam and Jay Cronenworth, uh, one of the bigger Rays offseason moves. Um, I think they saw Renfro as a guy that could really replicate Tommy Pham in terms of maybe not as good at bat as Tommy Pham, but lots and lots of raw power, basically second to Joey Gallo, really, in terms mm -hmm. of just pure raw power. Doesn't quite tap into it as well as Joey Gallo does, obviously. The batter's eye isn't nearly as good as Joey Gallo. That's, he's all-star level. Um, but you can see it. You can squint and see like Hunter Renfro being a, a 30, 40, even 50 home run guy in a regular season um, with potentially really great. Now he was, he had a breakthrough season last year offensively in the outfield for uh, San Diego. So you could see that as whereas Tommy Pham has gotten older and, and definitely not as strong defensively. He was not great last year defensively. He hasn't been very good this year defensively. He was kind of working through an injury. So you can say maybe, okay, not quite as good a bat, a little bit better offense uh, from FAM. So you basically do that trade-off and you say, hopefully Renfro, a little bit cheaper, controlled longer, a little bit better. In that sense, you maybe come out on the aggregate a little bit ahead. He hasn't been super exciting. You know, he's, he's had a couple big home runs, but it's been overall probably a disappointment offensively for the Rays. They've, they've probably wanted a lot more from Renfro. So I could see him moved. 
Um, he's a good resource though. So you don't want to trade yeah. him for just nothing. You, you, you would hold him unless somebody else also sees like that potential. Um, now, when we're looking at, you mentioned the lineup. You got Randy Rosarena in at DH today. You have Brandon Lowe, or Lau, sorry. Oh my God, I'm like the regular oh, media. No. Uh, Brandon Lau, <laughs> sorry, Brandon, our MVP candidate, Jesus. Uh, Brandon Lau's in right field. So that's a, already like an odd choice there in terms of you'd think Randy would be out there, but all right, whatever. Um, it's against Garrett Cole, right-handed uh, pitcher, obviously. Mm-hmm. A name that's not in the lineup right now. You have uh, Manny Margot in at left field, right-handed hitter. Left field is where Austin Meadows goes. Mm. Brett, is Austin Meadows getting traded in the next 10 minutes? I'm going to say no. Uh, It's weird because he sat out the last game too. uh, And uh, um, he's a left-handed hitter. Like They're facing Garrett Cole. And uh, it's, it's weird, the fact that you know, I, I could see it that they're trying to get a Rosarena at bats, but you know, you, you could take Margot out of the lineup. Um, but if it wasn't for Mike Clevenger, I don't see the Rays moving on for Meadows to get Joey Gallo, who is the name that they've been attached mm-hmm. to probably the most closely. Um, Lance Lynn would be the only other player that we know of that's being talked about that would be worthy of like a Meadows trade. But oh, here he is, uh, Danny Russell. He's he's getting settled in now on our Zoom call. Um, but no, Meadows. It, it would take a, a huge shocker, which is not out of the realm of possibility, for him to be moved. The only the only move I would not see it for Matt for Gallo, but I would right. see it as they have potential Gallo deal and Meadows is moved for let's say like a Jake Flaherty of the Cardinals. That's Ooh, the uh, only way I would see. Sign it. me up for that. A, like a major great pitcher starting pitcher ace level pitcher with multiple years of control i don't think it's going to happen i think he's probably just sitting because garrett cole is really good and he doesn't really have any splits to speak of but i don't know it's fun to speculate we're nine minutes out so why not speculate wildly based on lineup cards it's hug it's hug watch season danny welcome welcome to the show uh we are now nine minutes away from the trade deadline do you have a gut feeling right now about what what the Rays are going to do or, or where they could go and what direction they could go in? And again, now realize that our listeners are listening to this afterwards, but I would like them to hear our live gut reactions. I do love the in real time. It's good to see you boys. We'll see you over Zoom, right? Uh, <laughs> I mean, my gut reaction here is the Rays are going to make at least one move. And my expectation is for them to make a move for catcher. I don't think the Rays are content with the catching situation at all. Um, the the hard part of this is the catchers that I'm expecting to get moved, I also expect the Rays to be priced out of. I put an article on the site this morning kind of looking at the two catcher trades that have already happened. Uh, have you guys walked through that yet? No, we have not no, touched on catcher, not yet. catchers yet. Okay, so we had the Austin Nola trade, astounding for the Mariners just a steal for them to turn a minor league signing 30-year-old part-time catcher into a slew of prospects, including Trammell, or Trammell, whatever you want to say. A top Uh, 50 and two top 100s. Plus an upside catcher. And you you don't need them because their catching situation is Tom Murphy and uh, Cal Riley is coming, former Florida State boy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> is on his way through their system, and that's their catching tandem moving forward. You don't need Austin Nola, no. uh, so just an incredible bidding war to get his services. And the Padres got Jason Castro, who is on an expiring deal, and the Angels are bad, so they're selling their pieces off. And uh, the Rays uh, definitely were in on that conversation, but did not land him. Uh, reason unknown. Maybe the Angels really wanted uh, Gerardo Reyes, which was the uh, return uh maybe they just didn't like what the rays were offering which was probably like dj snelton <laughs> if i'm being honest uh castro should not have been expensive and so uh what my feel is is that they had some exploratory conversations and then it kind of went nowhere and somehow the rays missed out you know I, I I hate it. I hate the the landscape for catchers this year. It's just terrible in terms of a trade market generally. But Christian Vasquez for the Red Sox is probably moving. There's mm-hmm. a premium to trade within division. 
do not expect the Rays to get Vasquez. Uh, I did some asking around on Romine, uh, the backup, or not backup, he might back up in Tampa Bay, but the starting catcher for Detroit, uh, I believe that the trade value there priced out the Rays as well. So I'm expecting the Rays to make a deal for catcher, long story short, and I'm expecting it to be maybe like a prospect. Like someone who's like just cracked into the majors and probably has many years of control. And so if you're going to give something, you'll, it's not an expiring deal, but it's not someone super established. That's, that's my expectation because I don't think the Rays have liked the framing they've been getting out of Zunino um, or the hitting that they've been getting out. And Perez is a backup. Uh, He's not being trusted to handle a starting rotation full time. I don't think so. We shall see. I don't know. It's bad. Vasquez is a guy that I think a lot of Rays fans have sort of been like, oh, we could get him. But he, I I just would not pay the premium. And so I'm very fine. It's just so he's, he is very much Mike Zunino with maybe like 15 more diversity plus, especially because the Red Sox are selling him almost certainly off of last year where he was a breakout hitter. He was never that breakout hitter in his entire career. So if you're selling them off of that price tag, yeah, you you pass because that's that's a lot. Especially if you say, oh well, Christian Vasquez is a much better defensive catcher than Austin Nola, and Austin Nola got that. Give me something like that. You go, yeah, no, I'm out. Um, here's an interesting uh, bit of news: the Rays' batting order is up. And for the second day in a row, not in the starting lineup, <laughs> Austin Meadows. Yeah, I was. So I already brought I... that my speculation wildly. Get the okay. get the eye emoji out, everybody, on ready. <laughs> eye emoji forever. Mark Topkin did just tweet. Interesting that Meadows is not in the Rays lineup for second straight day. Ellipses. So Mark also getting in on the, on the. Ooh, look at. Let's look. Let's look. It's nothing. It's got, I mean, like, it's just another <laughs> off day, right? Like, you're talking about a guy who didn't start the, se- like, start the se- uh, season on the opening day roster. He's not, you know, the Rays are in a postseason spot. There's, like, next to zero chance they miss out on the postseason. It's got to be just a case of, of resting a guy like Meadows, right? Danny, do you, is there anything else to this? I mean, I feel like it's just uh, a rest as well. I remember earlier in the season, I think there was a Garrett Cole day. As we as we approach uh, Glasnow versus Cole four, which is just so insulting yeah. to Tyler Glasnow, uh, <laughs> please relive your worst day for the third time this season. Um, I think Brandon Lau was benched for the game, and I'm like, we're we're facing Cole. Where's Brandon Lau? And I did some asking, uh, and, and the response was, uh, I was like, Brandon Lau is our our best hitter. Why isn't he in the starting lineup? And it was like, is he? the best hitter versus Garrett Cole. Like, does it matter? Mm. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. uh, okay. So if you're going to rest a guy, rest him against Garrett Cole, because you might as well not get that, uh, you know, punch to the face. And then you do have Meadows to, to come in late against some righty, you know, that's true. So. Right. You, you have him available off the bench later. You have a Man. high, high, high leverage pinch hitter. So I can see it. I mean, Meadows hasn't really hit Cole. Who has? <laughs> no human has hit Cole in the last couple of years. So, but it's still, it's still hugwatch season and, and no, uh, anybody that's not in the lineup or pulled from the lineup for any reason that's not a clearly visible injury. <laughs> like if there's not a bone sticking out, people are like, oh, maybe, maybe. Is this the move? We're now two minutes away from the deadline. Uh, no moves well, here's yet. The thing with the Rays, the Rays, with the Rays, we're like 17 minutes away. Yeah, because I feel like True. any Rays deadline yeah. move is announced at 4:15. But before any potential yeah. move does break, uh, let's talk about Jose Martinez, who was on the team for less than a season. Uh, his Rays career ended with 76 plate appearances. Darby, were you shocked by that move? No, I think, I mean, so Jose Martinez is a good professional hitter. He hit pretty well for the Rays. He's hit really well for the Cardinals. He can't play defense at all. He is abysmal in the field, but the National League now has a DH. Uh, He's very familiar with the Central. He gets to now 
hit for the arch rival of the Cardinals. <laughs> I think it's a solid trade. He really, you just, he hadn't seen enough. I love Jose Martinez, the person, and actually the player is pretty solid, but the Rays just did not need him kind of going forward, really. It's it's one of those things where you get to now have Randy Rosarena in the lineup. You get to use the DH spot better for Yoshi or Meadows. You get to utilize that a little bit better. And yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was the he was the short side of a DH platoon, and he had zero defensive value, like absolutely none. I mean, less than zero. I, I, and and can I just say aesthetically, horrendous baseball player to watch. <laughs> I <laughs> mean, so the batting stance Lots was of just like all kinds of like thrown his bat up and down behind him, incredibly distracting for me personally. I bet it's distracting for pitchers. Maybe that's part of why he's good. Or was good. He wasn't good for the Rays. He was trash for the Rays in a very uh, small sample size. Know. But I mean, it, it was. It's not what you expect. Uh, no. If you're going to be a platoon DH, you need to hit the crap out of a ball, and he just wasn't up for that. Uh, and then if you, I mean, think about it. It's his first season in a DH role. I mean, look at Pat Burrell, who was asked to not play the field and just was atrocious. But then when he played left field. Uh, and return to the field again, he was good again, right? So some players just aren't built for DHing, and he might be one of those. Who knows? The Cubs will figure out for themselves. But also, every time, if he if he needed to run to first base, it was like he got hit by a sniper first, and then he was, like, stumbling his way to first. It was not – I don't need an injured deer running to first base out of – out of the box, man. I am not going to miss Jose Martinez. As far as I'm concerned, I mean, I love that he uh, sold coffee and that, you know, we all got to support him by buying his coffee and he got to support <laughs> his hometown that way. That's the, about as much fun as I got out of Jose Martinez. He was DFA fodder as far as I was concerned. And to turn that into trade value, to turn that into two players to be named later, I mean, my understanding is that maybe one of those is actually probably something. So, um, okay. If you look at what Mitch Moreland got the Red Sox right. and you look at Jose Martinez, you can probably say like, eh, something like that, something similar. So something decent, right? And a guy that wasn't really being used, like Danny said, that's pretty good. You know, that's, that's one of those Rays like buying and selling at the same time. It's, it's, he was kind of taking up a space on the roster and you just, you can't have all bat, only bat, players on the Rays because there's so much versatility. Randy Rosarina may not be quite as good a hitter as J-Mart right away. Maybe, maybe not, but defensively he already gives you something more. So his bat just needs to be somewhat decent and you've already equaled that and succeeded it. All right. It is officially past the, past the deadline. We have passed the deadline. Yeah. Woo. Brian. And now comes the trades. Yeah. That's fine. So, the, the Angels good. should have sold a lot more than they did. That's a good pickup for the Reds. I I really like Brian Goodwin for a number of years. Obviously, the Rays don't need any more outfielders, but uh, that's a that's a decent pickup for the Reds, who definitely seem like they want to compete. And since everybody in the National League is under five hundred except for the Dodgers, everybody's in it. Yeah, for sure. And uh, as of now, Lance Lynn not on the move. The Do- Joel Sherman reporting that the Dodgers did not get him. Uh, someone else was reporting that the uh, the Twins had, did not make a trade for a starting pitcher. So, as of now? Right. No. Rangers, I don't know what the Rangers are up to. I mean, if you, last year they had uh, they had Mike Miner, and he probably would have been an expensive move, you know, uh, but good for them, right? Expensive for whoever required him. They didn't trade him. It was a bad season this year. They didn't get the value out of it, and they traded him for scraps today toward the deadline. I mean, yeah. he's probably been available for weeks. Uh, I mean, I think the Rangers put the for sale sign out a week and a half ago, right? So yeah. if you wanted something, if Gallo, I, if Gallo was going to move, he would have moved by now. If Miner was going to move for something good, he would have. He We waited to the deadline to see if they could extract as much value as possible, and then he went to the A's, right? So... I don't know what the Rangers were up to. I think they miscalculated last season. I feel like they've miscalculated this season as well. Right now, uh, Mark Topkin tweeting, no deals for Rays. Joel Sherman tweeting, the Rays are staying put. So that's what we're hearing now. 
Uh, and uh, yep, Sher- Sherman's reporting it, and, and Terebia is also well. not reporting it. So, so the Eric Nieder group text is firing, I'm sure. That yeah. is weird. I fully anticipated a trade for a backstop. I fully anticipated them to be on a higher leverage reliever. Uh, this is gross. I don't like them not adding here. I don't mind it, to be perfectly honest. Like, I, if I'm looking at the price tags, right, I just, you don't, this year in particular, unless you are adding somebody that can help for next year as well, I hate pushing any big chips in for this year. Now, guys, like moving Lucius Fox, that's one thing. Moving Jose Martinez, that's something. Like moving the auxiliary pieces that you don't need, that's one thing. Nate Lowe is a a trade chip, but if nobody's buying that trade chip, I'm okay with not getting rid of a guy that I think actually has like two to three win potential as a first baseman for Lowe. Now, I, I would definitely have liked to... I think kicking the tires, trying to get something in there, but like you, this is a year where the first seed, the very best team could get easily eliminated, easily eliminated in a three right. game yeah. set. Like easily, like you get the Blue Jays in there in a three game set, two wins, no, no, no problem. Uh, the Mar- like, well, think of the Marlins series that the Rays just swept, right? Those first two games, razor thin. Marlins could have easily taken those and that's the series. So I, I'm okay with not pushing chips. I, I I just, it's all a matter of, so far there hasn't been a move that I've been like, I definitely, definitely, definitely wish the Rays would have done it. Maybe Jason Castro. I, I think Castro could have been in there. Yeah. No for Nola. It's... Clevenger is a bimbo. I don't really want Clevenger. Um, though that I think was a pretty decent trade. That was a good trade for Preller, I think. The Nola trade was a huge loss for Preller, and Depoto absolutely took him to school. I actually think Preller did really well in the Clevenger trade, but I don't really want Clevenger. So we talked about how Cleveland had Kluber, Bauer, and Clevenger, and Plesak. You could throw him in, right? And <laughs> uh, have gotten like just trash trade value all around for all four of those. I mean, no Bauer and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Clevenger uh, made fools of themselves in in public and in their private lives, you know, or sticking their hands in drones. Uh, you know, it's it's all over social media if you want to go find it, right? Like, they tank their own trade value. So I feel bad for Cleveland in that regard. You know, if your players are idiots, you can only do so much. Um, I don't know. I just feel bad for them to have a mess on their hands i don't know like i guess you just ship those things out and, and hope for the best or please like i guess went to the miners right the mm-hmm. alternate training site but please like in the miners they got four um in the clevenger deal they got cal quantrill who i am so so on but i think with cleveland they have they may be the team i trust the most when it comes to pitching like they know starting pitching incredibly well. They know development of starting pitching. So if anybody can get Cal Quantrill to his upper limit, sure. it's sure. Cleveland. Um, it's interesting. The Clevenger deal was like a, a grab bag. Whereas the Nola deal was like huge top prizes. So if I, you know, if you switched them, if you said like, Oh, the Padres got Clevenger for Taylor Trammell and, uh ty france plus you know cal quantrill you go oh yeah okay and then they got austin nola and austin adams for you know like the 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 kind of grab bag of cantillo and arias and owen miller and you're like oh okay that totally makes sense good deal for depoil for you know cleveland good deal all around the fact that the mariners got like i'd say the three best players moved by the Padres, maybe? Like, depending upon yeah. how you view uh, Arias and Cantillo, I think they got the three best. And that's weird because Nola is very good, but, and I like Austin Adams a lot. I think Dan Altavia is not very good, but Padres are desperate for relievers. Um, very weird, very weird deal. We, 
very odd trade deadline for Preller, who's like, who's doing the opposite. He's pushing so many chips. The Dodgers. Right, but he was clearing out the cupboard as a Darby. Was it you who said that earlier in our Slack chat, right? It's just saying like, I've got all these pieces. I don't need all these pieces. I've got one of the best farm systems in all of baseball. I've got all of these chips. Might Mm -hmm. as well cash them in on, you know, things that I think are plus pieces, right? Like Clevenger. I, they clearly didn't care for Trammell. Uh, yeah, I guess. Which is just weird, but you know, their internal evaluations are more important than our external evaluations. I'll tell you that. Uh, I, I just really dislike the race doing nothing. I expected a catcher deal. Missing out on Castro is foolishness. I don't know how they missed out on something so cheap. Uh, what about what other moves? So that's always the the thing for well, me. Why couldn't you go and get like Chadwick Trump, right? The Giants have a uh, unheralded, unheard of dude pop up this season. Trump, T R O M P. Right, right. <laughs> and then he steps in and is a defensive stud. He's been top ten on the baseball prospectus catcher leaderboard this whole time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's soaking up a lot of innings for the Giants and he's defending really, really well. Okay, well, if your problem is that Zanino's defense has gone out the window, why can't you go get Trump? Because Make the Rays catching defense great again, baby. I, <laughs> I, I think because you got to believe that that's a blip because Zunino has been one of the top 10 best defensive catchers in baseball for his entire career, except for just like the first you know, 20 games of the season and Michael Perez, it, like that, you know, batting he's, he's barreling some balls, but just like not getting any like hard hits, but he's getting big hits, oddly enough, kind of like that year, Jose Sucre got like every big RBI for some reason. Uh, but like, he's also very good defensively. So I think you have to think like, Oh, if they have nothing in the bat, you need, oh, like, here we go. Mets get Robinson Sharino. So the Rangers did something. That's interesting. Yeah, well, another guy the Rays could have went out and got, and he might not be the best option, but you know, hey, hey for, former Ray could bring him back home. I, you know, I wonder if he didn't want to come back. The Rays really hung him out to dry. Yeah. Cutting so a dude while he's in concussion true. protocol is one of the uh, coldest things the Rays organization has ever done, and it will bother me until the day I die. Andrew, like Freeman had a, had a, Andrew Freeman had a stretch where he could have had both John Jaso and Robinson Chirinos as catchers, but traded both. One. And vote. Don't forget. And, yeah. and Stephen votes yeah. and cut vote. Yeah. So that Andrew Freeman and catchers. Eh, I mean, he's got a good one right now with Will Smith, but he also let uh, Yasmani Grandal walk. So interesting. Friedman and catchers. It's like a weird, like a, uh, I don't know. Not like a, it's a hole in his swing. It's a hole in his in, in Friedman's swing because he traded Jaso for Lukey, terrible uh, in a lot of ways, both as a player and as a person. On a personal, <laughs> same reason I don't want Clevenger. How about that? Yeah, and Robinson Chirinos, obviously, like he good enough that you'd imagine keeping him instead of like a middling reliever prospect. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Stephen Vote, who's had a fantastic major league career. I. It's it's very weird. Like the the Rays have needed catchers, and all three of those guys have actually had. I mean, John Jason, you can say is not a catcher. He was mm-hmm. just a fun. <laughs> right, right, right. Things but, things change for him down the line, but but at least with Trinos and uh, and Vote, you would think so. That's always been weird. That Freeman, very good GM, failed with a lot of catchers. However, I will say, Robin Trinos now, I I'm I'm very out. I that bat looks very slow. He's thirty six. I don't know. Right, it's the I'm it's the twilight honest. of that career for sure. It's it, the Mets have a very weird lineup because they didn't get pitching. They got Robinson Torinos. They have Wilson Ramos. That's an interesting catching duo. Um, I don't know. The Mets are Mets are fail. Mets are fading right now. Marlins though, other Florida team did go out and do some buying and selling. Traded Caleb Smith. To the Blue Jays for former Marlins uh, legend, uh, the son of a former Marlins legend, I should say, Griffin Cohen. Sure. And then also went and got Starling Marte, which is a nice get for them. Trying to, trying to. Yeah, uh, that that deal makes a lot of sense for both sides. The 
the Marlins and Diamondbacks at the deadline were able to say, hey, I've got these pieces that don't really work for me right now. Let's swap them, right? And uh, in the middle of their fire sale, AZ turned, you know, Robbie Ray into prospects along the way, and Smith kind of slots in, and then they get a couple other side pieces from the Marlins, and Marte's a pretty expensive piece if you're not going to be able to use him. Um, mm. I, I like what they were doing overall. I think uh, Arizona had a really good trade deadline. For, for the most part, I think just what we're seeing is that teams that had postseason spots locked up were very cautious in the moves they made. And it's got to be some factor, the fact that, you know, the postseason's expanded to 16 teams, a lot easier to get a spot. But also, no matter how well you do in the regular season, everyone's playing a best of three in that first round. And you're looking at teams that might sneak in on the back end. Look at the National League, the Cincinnati Reds. They, they're probably not going to get a high seed, but they're still going to roll out Luis Castillo, Sonny Gray, and, and Trevor Bauer and could make some noise in the postseason, um, especially with that best of three series. So it was very much a trade deadline for these teams that are on the brink or on the bubble or fighting for a postseason spot. Uh, the, the Padres look like they'll probably make it, but they solidified their roster to, to try to make that push. You look at the Marlins, they're buying. Uh, the Blue Jays were one of the most active teams on the mm-hmm. dead, on deadline day. They're up, I think, a game behind the Yankees to get into second place. They looked like they could take a wild card spot. So it, it was very much, and I think the Rays like probably felt the same way. They got Phillips. They added to the bullpen with Cody Reed. We, we can talk a little bit about him before we wrap things up, but it, and it was going to be hard. The big, the big additions from this trade deadline, the Rays are about to get – Charlie Morton, Nick Anderson, like that's they just they're just about to get the best one of the top three best relievers in baseball and a top fifteen starter. So yeah. if you look at like that, that's what you're looking at. I, I, so I'm looking around and I'm always with trade deadlines. I'm always like, okay, do I want to be on that deal? Jason Castro, yes, I would have I would have wanted the Rays to be in on that and at that price because I I've always liked Castro and I actually think I Castro mean, it's, it's inexcusable that the Rays couldn't go in and get him. Castro pairs really well with Zunino who. I will never give up on he will it's it's Jack and Rose on the on the door. I'm gonna just sink slowly into the Atlantic, loving Mike Zunino. But I think that pairs well together there. Very good uh defensive catcher with enough bat. He's not Jeff Mathis, he's not Trump, he's not sure Robin Citrinos this year. Like he, he's there. Other than that though, I'm you know, Nola, obviously that price tag got absurd absurd for nola who i like but crazy um i'm looking around robbie ray i'm very down on i like caleb smith but you know starling Marte. i I would not want robbie ray no (laughs) robbie ray is it looks like the mets just got todd frazier they've got a whole bunch of moves coming in late I had to look it up because oh. at first I thought the Mets already had Todd Frazier, but he went to the Rangers in the offseason. <laughs> they so did. getting Todd yeah. Frazier back. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's good. That actually might open up a spot for Solak to get out of center field for some reason. Where the Exactly Rangers right. <laughs> get him back into the infield. So if you're interested in just helping your team out, that's a great idea for the Rangers. Um, so I Okay, so I crapped on the Rangers earlier, and if you've made it this far in the podcast, I repent. <laughs> The, the Rangers, I don't know what they're fully doing. It's odd that they didn't move Lance Lynn, though, I'm going to say. Joey Gallo, I get it. You set your price tag high. Nobody wants to pay it. That's fine. I get that. You can maybe even move him in the offseason. Um, very weird that they didn't move Lance Lynn. I feel like, especially with the deal like they got for Clevenger, I feel like I would take that for Lynn. Sure. Yeah. I mean, maybe Lynn's offered. also eight million dollars next season so if you're the rangers and somewhere deep down inside you believe you can compete in 2021 with the roster you have plus a couple additions why not keep lynn for eight million dollars you know and he's still gonna have trade value next year you know if he keeps pitching the way he has been uh if they if they're not competing some other thoughts on this deadline i will say the eight teams making the postseason from each division it kind of enhanced the deadline a lot because we really did get to see in a weird year where everyone thought the deadline would be completely quiet, completely dead. Uh, it was actually pretty fun. Like it was, it was rapid. Uh, there was a lot of moves made a couple of big moves, but a lot of like these small moves and it was a lot of different teams involved, right? The blue Jays were buyers. The Marlins were buyers. The Phillies were buyers. The, the Padres 
were in and bought everybody. And there was a lot of teams that were actively involved to better their teams. And I think that's kind of cool because you have these teams that are on the fringe that wanted to get to that postseason. The Marlins getting to the postseason means a lot to them. The Blue Jays making it to the postseason means a lot for them. For the teams like the Twins, the Yankees, and the Rays, and the Dodgers, who all stood pat, I think you're like, all right, we have great teams. We're going to the postseason. This is a weird year where, like, literally everybody is getting hurt and you could get stuck with the Astros in the first round because they're not doing very well, but they're going to make the postseason, and you could be bounced immediately. You're like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna not mess up this year, and then we we've got a great present and future. So you saw the A's make a minor move for Listella. That was a that was pretty nice. They moved a, a, a Franklin Barreto, who's been kind of a disappointment for them. They got Listella. The Rays could have maybe gotten that, but Joey Wendell's better than Listella the last three years. So yeah, Listella would have been a weird fit. He was definitely available. I mean, he was a good hitter that was available at the deadline, but that wasn't a Rays need. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, if we're talking about uh, the playoffs, if if making trades got you to the World Series, then it would be a Blue Jays Padres World Series. Like, but that's not <laughs> how it works. Like, you're definitely right. right that there's a lot more teams that can get in. And the teams that were sellers, you know, we kind of walked through it on the site as it was happening. It was really only like five to 10 teams looked like they were going to tear it all down. The Marlins did not. The Marlins went for it, right? So it kind of created this awkward environment. And uh, the Rays did add. And the Rays did trade away. You know, the Rays didn't do it all on deadline day, but Daniel Robertson traded. Uh, Anthony Bonda, I'm guessing, is going to be traded. Edgar uh, Garcia comes in. Been very interesting uh, so far. Love yes, that, Phillies. Just changed the way he uh, approached it, right? Uh, Enjoy Jose Keith Henry, and we'll take Edgar Garcia. <laughs> Jose Martinez goes out, and uh, today we'll get Cody Reed in, right? So there's pieces that were moved. Brett Phillips uh, presumably is joining the roster at some point, too. Yeah, Which, um, which will be fascinating, because I think we, as a raise, you're looking at Brett Phillips, we were talking about how that it, it doesn't quite fit. We don't know how it fits. Jose Martinez goes, so now that opens up first. Well, Jose Martinez never really should be at first, but it opens up first for your your Choi, your potential of calling up Nate Lowe or Yandi. Uh, third base can be Yoshi, could be DH for Yoshi. Uh, the Rays move pieces around like crazy. Like the Rays lineup for the first six innings is oftentimes not the lineup for innings seven eight nine so you do look at i think the rays this year are extra prone to wanting to have options rather than necessarily set things and that's what's really helped them with where the yankees have had their key injuries to their two biggest star outfielders and they have really struggled the rays have had as many or more key injuries, but they have been able to survive because and it's been it's, on the pitching side, right? It's it's and they still have a yes, couple guys it's, it's like turtles all the way down. ENNS, uh, Snelton, like, who can hit like ninety nine apparently, right? We have and, dudes out and, on the alternate and side, and there's 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 call ups potential. Like, you know, you get a, a Shane McClanahan for a David Price like mm-hmm. second, you know, September pen option. Matter, sure. Shane Boz potentially. You could have a Joe Ryan for some spot starts. You, you know, Josh Fleming has there. come up and been kind of a revelation. Sam, Sam McWilliams, McWilliams could be a starting. Uh, let, let's <laughs> lay the plane this way because the the Rays had some trade chips and they didn't use them. They did not cash them in. And I think that's our lesson learned today is less about yeah they got dudes coming back from injury and you just trust that or something like that. Like they had pieces to deal. This is baseball's deepest farm system. Thank you, Warner Franco. But this is the deepest as well. And uh, I, I think we learn more that way. So Vidal Brujan, right? Who's around like 20 to 25 range in the top 100 list for all of baseball. Uh, second base prospect. Will he get moved to the outfield? Is he going to join the mid- Is he going to be an impact major leaguer when the Rays window is open? This window for Rays contention that looks like it's like 2019, 2021, somewhere in there. Like you found some pieces that worked 
um, did not hold on to all those pieces. You got rid of Tommy Pham. You got rid of Travis Darno. Uh, question marks abound about those decisions, but you know we'll circle back. Uh, is Bruhan going to contribute to that? Unclear and also unlikely, right? I don't see how Bruhan fits in the Rays roster, but clearly their internal valuation was such that we can't just cash Bruhan in to get a high leverage arm because uh, relief arms are fickle or something like that. We can't just cash Bruhan in to try to anchor a, a Lance Lynn trade or a mm-hmm. Clevenger trade if, if that's what the Rays wanted. They didn't spend when they had a very obvious trade chip, someone who could perform at the major league level soon, uh, who is blocked in the Rays system, and you didn't cash him in, I don't understand it. But that just means that the Rays' internal evaluation is that, you know, the bat will play, I guess. Not sure. Uh, Nate Lowe. You want to talk about injury insurance. Nate Lowe is your injury insurance. Mm-hmm. If, if you need someone in the alternate site, like I thought he was a great fit for the Royals, if you wanted to swing a trade with them. Rosenthal went elsewhere to the Padres. Hello, Preller. Uh, but clearly the Rays just wanted to keep that insurance, right? You didn't cash that trade chip. Hunter Renfro stays. And he will be part of the log jam in the outfield for the Rays roster as it exists right now. Uh, it's basically keeping Avisel Garcia last year, right? He plays the same role and offers about the same value. And uh, they're going to keep that piece on the roster. Joe Ryan, I guess more insurance if you, if you need another starter. Maybe Joe Ryan gets promoted soon. I don't know. I literally don't know. Um, but why... I mean, are you, you're promoting Josh Fleming. Do you need Joe Ryan? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. Uh, Taylor Walls, fantastic former Florida State shortstop, who the Rays have in the alternate training site right now. Probably the William Adamas insurance. Mm-hmm. It's probably not Wander Franco's moment. <laughs> you know, uh, switch hitting, he can play all around. Or if Bruhan gets, uh, ex- excuse me, if Brasso gets hurt, maybe Walls' moment has come. You know, very easy to trade walls if you wanted to get Austin Romine or something like that from the Tigers. So, I don't know. I think we look at the race system and we say, you didn't cash this in, and there must be a reason. Because, I, I mean, I can't tell you what deals they said no to, and that's part of the equation we won't get. But this is, I don't know. I'm not in love with not making moves to, to bolster a playoff team. Big yeah, moves. especially with their moves. They were, like like we said, the cash remove is a move that could have been made for one reason or another. Either they weren't interested or they didn't think that it was worth doing. The move didn't happen, and, like, ultimately, it, it, it sucks. Like, uh, you've seen all these other moves co- happening on deadline day, like, as a fan. and Like, oh, the Rays could get in this. There's Gallo's out there. You could go out and get a guy like Gallo. There's some other relievers that are on the move. Um, Archie Bradley went to the Reds. The Diamondbacks moved uh, him to Cincinnati. That's a guy maybe the Rays could have taken a look at. Um, so it's, I mean, it's disappointing, but overall, like, I don't, I'm not disappointed. I don't think the Rays are that much worse off given what the contenders around them did by not making a move of note. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm not, I'm not um, dreading the rest of the season, like thinking, well, the Rays needed this piece. You know, I, I think they're fine. Maybe they could have improved marginally. Uh, and I, I'm not going to take any stock in this post postseason whatsoever because it's going to be extremely weird. Maybe playing in a bubble, uh, three game series. No idea what's going to happen. So again, I don't know. Maybe that's a cop out answer, but and I do those a lot. So <laughs> me, when it comes to deadlines, I always look at the moves that were made, the prices that it took, and would I want my team to do that. And so right now, the only move I really see is Castro. Everything else I'm just looking at and I'm like, I don't really think that either helps or is a price that I'd want to pay or for a player that I like. So like Clevenger is a price that I pay, a nice poo-poo platter of decent prospects. The Rays could absolutely do that. I don't really want Clevenger here. And I think that's a pretty easy eval for a lot of teams is some some teams are going to be in on him. Talent is obviously great. Personality is a headache. So you potentially, some teams are in, Padres were, other teams, probably not. Um, Mm -hmm. I think what the moves that weren't made, I think there's a really good reason. There's, you know, I I love Joey Gallo. I really like the player. Every rumor of the price tag, it's really hard to stomach, especially for the Rays, the way they're set up. It just, it doesn't quite fully fit. So 
I'm okay. A lot of outfielders moved, and the Rays did not need another outfielder. Right. Exactly. And so that's what I'm looking around the league at. You know, Trover Rosenthal, yes, but the price tag, ah, I don't know. Like, a lot of the relievers, Chafin, okay. He's kind of like Sam, like a Adam Kalera type. If I'm looking around, I'm not seeing, like, I'm not seeing a move that I think separated the Rays from a World Series, and they mm-hmm. didn't make. What I also didn't see was that any move that hurts long-term or a 40-man spot that you're like, oh, this is we're going to lose this player for nothing. And we could have at least had that. So I think you could have made a small move like a Castro for a depth piece. I do think though, the Rays still have like Nate Lowe is a good, really, really good player. And if people weren't valuing him the way that the Rays valued him, I'm very happy holding. I'm very happy holding him as an injury insurance or as a trade chip next year. Same with Josh Lowe, same with Bruhan, same with Greg, Jones and Xavier Edwards and all of these middle infielders, there's no rush to move any of them. And oftentimes when the Rays make a really, really big move, it's in the winter meetings, it's in the off season. And so they still have that potential. They still have that in their holster and they haven't hurt anything going forward. So I see it. I mean, counterpoint, the only one that really disappoints me here is Rosenthal. Not that I think Rosenthal is this, great shutdown closer or something like that but he's pitching really well as a high leverage reliever and the cost to to get him from kansas city was an outfield prospect named edward Oliveris, right who you know as the padres do they they acquire things and they trade them away pretty frequently uh but 40 future value on fan graphs like that's not expensive man i know there's a player to be named later in there and that's because of the rules around the 60-man rosters and yada yada and i don't know what that is but i feel like the rays could have pulled that off they could have i think they could have i think that could be you know you could see that as like a moises gomez and maybe like a you know michael plasmeyer or something like that but i also think you're not using moises gomez that's a great idea yeah like why wouldn't you turn that into rosenthal i think you could i think it's also one of those things where you might offer that same platter, the same deal. And then the Royals say, no, I like this better. Um, yeah. And you just don't want to be like, well, I don't want to add like a Nick Schnell or like a, mm-hmm. like a better prospect to it. And yeah, I think, I think Rosenthal is one move that you could have made. And that could be the interesting thing in terms of relievers. Um, it's a matter of, do you, do you like the, I think it's also, it's just so much about the pieces that you offer the pieces that you want to move, are they the move, the pieces that other teams want? And sometimes that's just mm-hmm. not the case, especially with a team like the Rays who have a really good 30-man. And so similar to the Padres, that people are like, well, I don't want your 30th guy. I want your 15th guy because this team is offering me their 14th. And it's like, well, yeah, that mm-hmm. 14th is terrible. <laughs> this 15th is your number five. <laughs> but, that's, so. but that's sort of the way it goes. So, yeah, I'd say there's a couple moves that could have been, but I'm – Mildly disappointed that Joey Gallo is in a ray, but I'm probably happy that it's not that Vidal Brujan is not out of here. So, so Danny just had to drop out real quick. He is uh, still working, so gracious of him to stop by. Uh, Darby, before we we wrap this one up, let's. You want to throw a grade on it on this, not on the trade. You could do the the Rays trades as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, any move that they've made since the start of the season, you want to throw a grade on it. Uh, okay. So we got Ed Garcia, um, ends, Brett Phillips, and uh, a couple players to be named later for Jose Martinez and, uh, and Cody, Reed, Reed. Co- Cody Reed. I would say overall, you're probably looking at, eh, if we're going to go grades, B minus B solid, I was fine, B minus. passing, passing. Um, I like the moves though. So in terms of the, if, Let's actually, instead of letter grades, let's do like actual baseball grades. I, I give it a, 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 a solid 40 plus, right? That's okay. like a, a decent prospect, like a decent, like lower leverage prospect that could grow into something more. They got Ed Garcia and, and ends are two guys that are like really great. Like, like yeah, let's try them out. Why not? Rays are really good at getting bullpen arms with some fringy stuff mm-hmm. and getting the most out of them. Brett Phillips, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It could 
be a future Kevin Kiermeyer trade in the off season. You know, he, he can sort of fit that role. Um, Cody Reed is interesting. He is the guy. So like we already talked about Jose Martinez for two player players to be named later. I think that's just like a solid, solid move for winning later using a piece that's unnecessary. Cody Reed is the one that's kind of interesting. They traded a neat, a neat piece in Riley O'Brien. That's a pretty decent prospect. So they like yeah. Cody Reed. He was, who was DFA. The Reds, pretty smart with pitching as well so it's an odd that they did get rid of him he's had a lot of you know control issues but his slider is amazing and the rays he's he's injured now for the rest of the season but the rays have one of the best sliders in all of baseball in Chaz Rowe. he's the mm-hmm. slider that uh that that is teaching other people a slider that is absolutely revolutionizing their game uh, so yeah, maybe, maybe that is like a, a really interesting move. I, I, I like Reed. I'm really curious to see what he does. Is he, can he be like a left-handed Adam Adovino or Chaz Rowe? Um, can they unlock that slider and, and give that command? Um, but yeah, I'd say, you know, four plus it's a 40 plus prospect. This, this I'll stick right at 40 line for the race. Not great. Okay. Yeah. A little bit lower. A little bit it, lower. But yeah. It, it was just, it, I, I like. I'm not mad at the Rays. I don't think that there was a glaring mistake that they made, um, but that there was opportunities to upgrade, maybe marginally, and uh, I, I wish they would have, especially with the injuries to guys like Chaz Rowe, Colin Pochet, Andrew Kittredge, um, in the bullpen specifically, that I felt like you could have gotten guys that are more proven at the major league level that maybe have some postseason experience going into the postseason. But instead, the Rays, are, are they did bring in Garcia and Reed, but they're also trusting some of these guys that they're bringing up to, to eat these innings. And I'm fine with that. At the end of the day, I'm fine with that. We've talked about, let's spend the storyline, how deep the Rays are. And all right, this is put your chips on the table. Let's go. Let's see how deep you are. And so far, you know, even with the injuries, have not slowed down uh, three and a half or four game lead in the American League East. So... Yeah, overall, I mean, it's it sucks that I think we, we, we hopped on this call, and that might be like if they're, if we're sounding somber at all, and I don't think we are, uh, we hopped on this call at 3.30 thinking there's definitely going to be a move that the Rays are going to make, and we could talk about it. It just didn't happen, and, and maybe there was one close that we'll never know about. So, yeah, I think uh, good stuff, and, and the Rays are still playing good baseball. They've got the Yankees for three games and the Marlins. Um, the, the Rays have already won the season series against the Yankees. So real quick, Darby, b- before we go, y- you know, y- when, we, when we talked before that 10-game road trip that I think we were both kind of nervous about, you said if they win three out of the 10 games, I'll be okay with that. Well, the Rays went and won nine of 10 on that road trip, Darby, and including a, f- a sweep of the Yankees. How incredible was that to watch play out? It was amazing. Like this is the Rays. Hit, it was the Rays firing on all cylinders. That I mean, it was really, really great baseball. Awesome offense. Some pitching duels. The bullpen. I mean, the the bullpen. We just kept losing pitchers as it yeah. went, and yet the next man up just stepped in and and did it. So, yeah. I mean, like I, it, it was a. Uh, it, it definitely just totally flipped the whole season, right? You know, it was mm-hmm. it was early. There was some panic. After that, now it was just like, okay, never mind. Rays are great, especially you know going in and and, and like taking it to New York. That was great. Uh, it's been a it's been a heck of a run. There was that little bit of a, a kind of a, a, a dip, and since then, man, this season has been something something wild to behold with all the injuries, but super fun. Like lots of guys stepping up. Uh, the Brandon Lau breakout has been just—I mean, he's—he already sort of broke out, right? But this is he just was an all-star the, last year. It's the ascent. It's just like it's just—he's yeah. just seeing that next level, right? You get you—you you break out, you have a great year. What do you do in the next year? Oh, you are a legit MVP candidate. You're one of the three best players in the American League. One of the top five players by WAR in all of baseball. Yeah, Brandon Lau. 
announces And you improve that. in the areas, like the most glaring areas that he could have improved on. The strikeout percentage and the defense has been better too. And so you look at a guy who was already so promising that I think we were already just kind of taking for what we, you know, what he was, a power hitting, left-handed hitting, second baseman that, you know, might end up just being a platoon guy, but he's going to hit well. He's going to strike out a lot. He's going to play okay defense. Now he's been an everyday guy. He's hitting against lefties and righties, still hitting for power, but the strikeouts are way down and the defense has gotten better. So to see a guy become, you know, uh, it, it's turning into what was a breakout season into now what I think the Rays have a, a really, really solid player in. So, yeah, it's, it's been it's been incredible. But uh, thank you, Darby, for, for hopping on today. Thank you, Danny, as well. I know he, he had to log off a few minutes ago. But that is going to do it for this episode of Raise Your Voice as part of the D-Rays Bay Podcast Network. It was a very fun, special edition trade deadline podcast, even though maybe we didn't get the breaking news that we were hoping for as we inched towards 4 o'clock. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for listening. If you uh, subscribe to this podcast feed, you'll get new episodes of this show and the hit show downloaded directly to your device. If your platform allows it, rating and reviewing this feed is the best way to keep spreading what we do to more and more Rays fans. Make sure to keep checking out all the great work over at DRaysBay.com. If you want to read a little bit more about Brett Phillips and about Cody Reed, uh, there's been some great articles put up about them and all the great coverage of this 2020 season. Thank you guys for listening, and I'll talk to you next week.